Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Bengal Tiger Podcast. I'm Matthew Bruni, and joining me once again is Shay Dixon. Shay, it's Monday Mailbag, and um, yeah, we have a busy day ahead of us. Already a busy day on the Bengal Tiger site. Uh, fresh stories up, um, and then we got Brian Kelly at 12. Kim Mulkey, I guess, like 1240, 1245 or so, and then women's basketball starts their practice as well. But this is a football podcast, so we will be answering football questions here. Yep, big uh, big win for them, 34-31 in a back-and-forth affair with Arkansas. It was entertaining, one of the more entertaining games of what was considered to be a marquee weekend of college football, uh, and that was the one nobody was talking about. Fortunately, LSU wins it. Um, we broke it down on the post-game bot- podcast with our reactions. As Maddie B said, we've had a ton of news already flow in today with basketball recruiting, football recruiting. I've got some football recruiting tidbits coming. I've got some thoughts on the team from digging around with sources that'll hit the Bengal Tiger on Mondays. So uh, as we get ready for uh, Ole Miss week, I did want to say this. It is a dollar for a month, uh, and we are growing at a big rate right now. So if you're not a member of On3 and the Bengal Tiger, one buck for a month or 50% off right now for the whole year uh, is our Ole Miss week deal. So Check us out at uh, the Bengal Tiger. That's where we hang out and write and chat all day when we're not on this podcast. Yeah, and a big week, obviously, with LSU and Ole Miss, which we will preview plenty of um, over the coming weeks. So, I mean, just that alone, you know, will get your your uh, $1 worth um, in all those stories we'll do. And then, like Shay said, 50% off for the year. Don't run those too, too often, so take advantage of that while you can. All right, Shay, you ready? Yep, let's get it going. I uh, And as always, I promise to stay under an hour. This time we will. Um, I've been yeah. bad about counting how many posts are on an actual page before, but we did not hit a page two here, so we're good. And if we don't if we don't make it under an hour, then we're not making it to Brian Kelly, so. That's <laughs> or correct. Or I'm not. That is correct. Okay, so let's get rocking. Um, Capital City Tiger 21, he makes it easy out of the gates. What's your dynasty team in NCAA? NCAA football will be coming back this summer, I guess it is. and. Yep. It's bringing NCAA 14 was the final game. So people have gotten updated rosters, all that. But in your heyday, who was your team? Um, so I, my old team, I'm trying to remember my old team, but uh, my new team, as far as like the past four years, and you know, I don't play too often, but I think the last four years, it's been, uh, I started as the offense coordinator at uh, Louisiana Lafayette, and then I got the head coaching job at Georgia Tech. And we've been able to do some nice things. There are a couple eight win seasons. Uh, we're pushing uh, this year. I think we're – I haven't played in like a month, but I think we're at like seven wins so far. So Georgia Tech right now, head coach, trying to work my way up um, from there. But, yeah, it's it's a tough battle with Georgia every year in recruiting. Uh, yeah, actually for Ole Miss week, it is a, a hat tip here uh, to my buddy Matt Lowry, who he and I back in high school would be heavy on uh, NCAA. And that was when you had to send in the memory card, mm-hmm. and they would put the names on it, and then they'd mail it back to you, and you could play. Uh, so we rocked it a lot then. So shout out to him for LSU on this week. But when I was after college, we had a uh, a dynasty league with all of our friends. Uh, shout out Krusty League. And I was pit. And you never moved teams. We just kept playing over and yeah. over and over. Built a solid little pit squad. Uh, never won a natty, but definitely got to some uh, marquee near six bowls and uh, maybe got to a natty didn't win, but I was not the best player, but not the worst, but Pitt was my team. I, I remember NCAA 13 
which I played for a long time because I didn't get 14 um, initially, but 13 for a long time. Washington State was my team, and we we were very, very good over there. That was very happy moments in my life. Good times. It'll be back soon enough. Um, but until then, we keep the old PS3 out and, and load up 14, and you can play it anytime you want. Uh, all right. But then he follows it up. Here we go. A real question. Uh, or that was a real question. A real question about LSU. Very simple. What are the answers to the problems on defense? Um, I'll keep my thought brief. If I'm diagnosing the problem as defensive backs and to a degree talent or maybe lack of talent that you're used to at LSU at defensive back, if you're asking me for an answer, I think it's through recruiting and I don't think that happens this week or next week or the week after. Like it is what it is this year and it's on the coaches to scheme it up in a way to where you can get the best out of those guys because it is not as a group. I'm not singling anyone out here as a group. It is not the standard of what LSU's used to as DBU. Yeah. I think that's the right answer. Uh, defensive back being the problem and now addressing a solution, which I think we have a lot of these questions in the mailbag because I skimmed them over beforehand. But um, I think you need this defense needs the defensive line to be even better than what it is right now. And I think it's a really good defensive line, but in order to make up for the shortcomings of the secondary um, and, you know, I think the linebackers have been good, obviously, and we've talked about them at length, but regardless of how good the linebackers are, the defensive line has to be great for this defense to reach its, its expectations and to be at an SEC championship caliber. Um, you know, for whatever, I think Makai Wingo has still been very, very good, but then you have other players kind of rotating in. Some of them are good. Some games, some of them aren't. We're waiting on Mason Smith, which we'll get to later. Um, you know, the defensive line to me has to be great. And I know that's a, you know, that's a high standard to have, I guess, but ultimately the rest of the secondary is not good enough right now, especially with Greg Brooks out. And so how do you make up for that? To me, the defensive line has to be even better. They have to be better than they were against Arkansas. That's for sure. I'd said in the offseason, too, that the one thing they couldn't have happen was someone go down at safety. And obviously, Greg Brooks having an emergency brain surgery is not, not – I'm not trying to bring that into the conversation. There's anything more. Prayers up. Arkansas even wore the helmet stickers for him. It was a great tribute weekend. He was on the uh, program. We hope the best for him, but expecting him to play this year is out of the question now. And you're with Major Burns and Andre Sam, who Brooks was the best player out of that group. So now you're going to have to figure it out from there. Um, it'll be a question mark that I'm not sure beyond coaching is going to get a real clear answer unless we see somebody like an Ashton Stamps or Ryan Yates go freshman mode and beyond and start shutting things down. I, I, I don't know, but it will each teams have deficiencies. Maddie B LSU's right now is defensive back. So it's just a reality of the situation. Yeah. Uh, Mason Cox with neighbors in BTJ shout out Brian Humps jr. Leaving LSU likely leaving LSU after the season. Do you have concerns with who will be the next to emerge out of the receiver room? It feels like we have a lot of talent, but nothing proven. Here's what I will say about that. One, maybe Brian leaves after this year. Maybe he comes back. Let's presume both go. I have never once ever worried about LSU's receiver talent. 
they have plenty of guys who can step up and play into big roles. And a year ago, I mean, Brian Thomas right now in four games has surpassed his entire production from last season. So even if guys aren't playing right now or don't get a ton of run, they will be put into bigger spots next year. And in my mind, they won't skip a beat. Armin Lacey's coming back, or at least can come back, correct? I believe. He's a senior, but I don't know if he's like a super senior or what. Um, But Shelton Sampson, Hilton, Kyle Parker, Jalen Brown, Preon, you've got Ibietta. You know, you do have some freshmen obviously coming in right now in this class. Um, You'll have some options. If they have to have a portal guy, they could maybe find one. I think maybe the storyline that's intriguing becomes Brian Thomas and whether he stays or, or goes. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I do think it would be smart of them to take one transfer receiver, whether he stays or goes. I think you, you try to, you take a big swing. I think that's what I would do. Um, I and think we, we've talked about that in the portal podcast a lot. It's like, there's different categories. There's positions where you need transfer portal players. And then there's positions where you may just take a big swing. And if you hit on it, cool. If not, then okay. You don't need it. I think that's kind of where LSU is at receiver. And another thing here is I looked up the top 15 receivers in college football right now. I think six or seven were from Louisiana. So there could always be a chance of bringing a portal guy home, but it also drives home the reality that Chris Hilton, Ibietta, these young guys you've got on roster from Louisiana, Louisiana turns out elite receivers, like just keep churning them into the roster uh, or through the rotation, I should say. So that is not a concern for me at this moment. Uh, Mason Cox also asked, uh, with another great week from Logan Diggs, has LSU found a true RB1? Matty B, Diggs goes for 97 yards on 14 touches. They didn't throw him the ball this week, but he averages seven yards a carry. He has a huge one in the fourth quarter. The answer is yes. Yes. And which it's it's been yes. I, I've i been on Logan Diggs is going to be running back one since he committed here, since you watched his tape from last year. Uh, I just think he has too much polish. He has too much um, experience, I guess. We saw last year at Notre Dame what he could do. There's nobody on this roster that could have done what he did at Notre Dame last year. Um, and that's understanding all these players can play their role. William, Josh Williams, John Emery go down the list. But to me, Logan Diggs has always been the most talented back uh, outside of, you know, if you get to projecting some players in like Caleb Jackson, but he is very, very talented. We see the running game elevate when he gets the ball. And I think that that's what you need from running back one here. The, and I agree, as I said, yes, Logan Diggs is RB one. And then you sprinkle in Josh Williams and Caleb Jackson, which is exactly what they're doing right now. Uh, Nola fan 33. um, And he lays out some, some good actual stats here to put things in perspective. What do you guys think is the issue or what would you change with LSU's third down defense? I charted the game and Arkansas averaged about five yards of play on first and second down, but 11 on third down LSU is currently 102nd in the country in opponent third Mm -hmm. down conversion rate. And then he says, I'm not advocating to bench Mason Smith um, who's coming back from this injury. And it's very clear. He's Matty B needing some time to shake off rust. He doesn't look like maybe the expectation would be, Um, But there's time. But he says, is it time for Jordan Jefferson to play a bigger role who has played very well coming off the bench behind Mason? Uh, And he said, I've always thought uh, for the defense to play to reach its potential, 
Mason needs to play his, but the future of the season season may not matter if they don't take care of the present. So you touched a little bit on what you just said about defensive line needing to be better, but third down defense and maybe just not even you know specific to state or excuse me, Arkansas, but your thoughts on it. And is it just tied to, if he's saying they're chunking out big plays, is that defensive backs? I mean, it certainly felt like it uh, at times when either receivers were wide open or, you know, busted coverages happen on third downs. To me, I'm still, I think what I said in the opening is going to carry a lot of weight with me throughout this podcast and throughout the season. It's the defensive backs are the defensive backs. Now you have to figure out what's the most likely avenue to mask your deficiencies. To me, that is with pressure that's with defensive line i think that's why we saw deshaun womack at times uh last game i think they're looking for answers to how to unsettle a quarterback when your defensive backs really can't hold up um and so i think we see more deshaun womack you know like you said i think we see more jordan jefferson even though i think of jefferson maybe more as a run stopper in in certain instances um you know womack perkins Wingo Swinson had a great game on Saturday. Those are all guys that are going to have to step up and be elite in order for this defense to kind of, like I said, mask its deficiency. And so I think on third downs where it's potentially obvious passing downs, if you're not getting home with the pass rush, you are not in a good spot right now, as we've seen. And it's tough to bring KJ Jefferson down. They had multiple times they could. He's a big kid, scrambled out, made some big plays. I also do do think that house plays multiple different schemes and zone is a big part of what they do in the defensive backfield. And sometimes it's worked sometimes yeah. against like Arkansas, they look totally lost. And after a busted play, it's just DBs pointing at each other. Like you were supposed to be here. You should have had that. So communication or understanding assignment seems to be a struggle for them in spots. Can, can I also point out, LSU to this point, I, I don't have the strength schedule numbers in front of me, but LSU to this point has played Florida State, Mississippi State, and Arkansas in three of its four games. I feel like that's got to be one of the harder four-game opening stretches of anybody in the country. Well, they did play um, what we talked about uh, after the pod is two of the lower-tier SEC West teams. LSU is the only West team to have played two conference games. I'm trying so. to think. like Florida State to this point has played LSU and Clemson and uh, – Boston College, so that's probably you know tougher. But still, I'm like, there can't be that many more teams that have had a tougher first four games than LSU. And again, I don't think State's good, but it's still an SEC team. And again, Arkansas is not great, but I think they're decent. I think they have KJ Jefferson at quarterback. So um, it's just uh, something I was thinking about. I um, let's see. I don't know if I can bring this up here, and it would be a reputable source. Um, and in fact, this was updated prior to the weekend. So that's actually not a good gauge. LSU was in the top 20 then though, but, uh, I'm not sure where they'd be right now. I don't know if you have that metric somewhere. This, um, uh, team rankings usually does a decent job. I don't know. Team rankings has them at sixth. Okay. So, so one of the, one of the tougher schedules out yeah, there. Yeah. And Alabama's up there with Texas and Ole Miss. There's um, so I, Florida state's too. Yeah. So I, I think that's about right. Um, Walt 05 says, uh, any, this is going to be great here. He wants me to basically tell Brian Kelly how to do his job, which I'm not sure how that's going to go for me at this and, press and conference. 
and spoiler alert to everybody listening um if she doesn't read it or, or it's it's kind of long it's just to play all the freshmen so there you go that's the solution everybody has yeah there there you go spoiling it for him we haven't even gotten a freshman question yet but it's coming at least a little bit of one Shay asked Brian Kelly, why is Womack not, Deshaun Womack not starting? Uh, why does Ovia Gofu play over Swinson? Why is LaTerrence Welsh not given an opportunity when the other guys in the secondary says are no good? Um, he's talking corners, I presume. Why Emory yeah. is getting snaps over Williams and Jackson and telling me better not take Whit Weeks out when Spates is healthy again. So, yes, if I did all that, Brian Kelly, you wouldn't just need to take the week off because there would be nothing left for him to do. I've made all of his decisions for him. I'm going to just give very quick answers here, and then I'm going to let Matthew tell me where I'm right or wrong. Why is Womack not starting? Womack was great. He played five snaps. He had a pressure on each snap. He also played five times when you, they were. we knew LSU knew that they were throwing the football. So he was just going to go get the quarterback. He does a very good job of it. That is a limited role that you put a young freshman in who is not ready to handle all the different responsibilities and we saw it a year ago in the early stages with Perkins. I think that Womack trends up for more action, uh, but starting, no. Um, and I love Womack. He's my favorite player in the class. Uh, he's the highest ranked kid in the class, but that doesn't mean that right this second he needs to be starting. Uh, why does a Gofu play over Swinson? Because a is a better run blocker than Swinson is. Swinson flashes, but again, a lot of it is when they're passing the football. Uh, why Welsh is not given an opportunity? It's because he's not as good as the guys who are in front of him, or he would be given an opportunity. I don't think they're playing any favorites at a position where they struggle at. Why is Emory getting snaps over Josh Williams and Jackson? Emory got two carries. I'm not sure I'm considering that to be many snaps. Frank Wilson plays a rotation, and that's the reality of it. And his last question was, what weeks better not come out off the field when space is healthy again? I don't disagree. That's the yeah, that's the one interesting one that we can talk about a little bit more. Uh, I do think that's the, I think they start with weeks. Honestly, even with Spates back, I think they will start with weeks and just work Spates in to wherever. Yeah. Obviously, you know, Madhouse linebackers coach has coached linebackers at the NFL level. I think he has a much better grasp on it than me, and obviously LSU fans do. Uh, I think there are probably situations where Whit Weeks maybe isn't perfect. And maybe in those situations, that's where you plug in Omar Spates, who has 40 something starts in his career. Like, that's where having depth and having a rotation is a good thing. Like, I don't think we should be looking at that as Omar Spates coming back as being a bad thing. So I think everybody uh, take a deep breath. Whit Weeks is really good. He's going to play a lot. I think he should start, but Omar Spates is someone that they need in this rotation, in my opinion, just because of his experience. And, uh, you know, I I think maybe there's things, there's definitely going to be things Weeks doesn't do well that Spates can't do. Sure. And people, armchair folks, and just, you know, observers have said at times, you know, Spates has not played well in a few of his starts. Well, he's getting adjusted to SEC play. He's been banged up now a couple of weeks. Let's see how he, how he goes um, from here on out because – it, it is experience, and you'll take experience every day of the week. Um, but speaking of week, weeks, uh, we'll continue to play, and I will not be surprised if he's starting. So yeah. we're with you there, my brother. Uh, Joe Rowe, with Mason Smith's slow start, any chance he comes back for another year to improve his draft stock? I don't see how he doesn't yeah. at this stage, Matty B. It's not something I'd thought about, but if this is the production you're getting, he'd want more than that. 
And maybe we get that. We're a quarter or what? A third. quarter, third of the way through the season. Yeah. Regular season. Maybe his back two thirds are great. And he's positioned himself for that. But I do think that is now way more open for debate than it was before the season. Yeah, it's a really good question now uh, looking at it, because if his draft stock, let's say, like, let's say he has a solid back half of the season and he gets his stock to round three, four. They would tell him to come. LSU would make every pitch to tell him to come back. Yeah, he comes back. I think if if you're outside the top two rounds, I think he's probably coming back. So, yeah, and and I've made this statement before. I did, you know, I remember looking it up when uh, what was it, Chiquillan Roy? Uh, I think after his second year, I was like, defensive tackles. If you're not really good, they kind of drop a little bit. You know, if it's if you're not a top forty pick, you can drop to around four very very easily. So, um. Yeah, I think that's a really good question, and I wouldn't be surprised at all if he ended up coming back based on how what we've seen from him in the first four games. But like you said, maybe he has a really strong second half of the season. I think he's just too talented to give up on uh, this quickly. The um, I'll skip real quick here and come back to Welcome to Death Valley just because we're going to continue a Mason Smith question here. Holy Bull said, I did want to ask similar to this about is it house or is it talent? Uh, in terms of, I guess, scheme or just players on defense being an issue. Um, and he asserts that we have two good players on defense. Jefferson's close, but Wingo and Perk are it. Perkins are it. Um, so I'll ask this. How much was Mason Smith being a bust this year hurt us? I think too early to call a bust. I think it's very much fair to say that he's shaking off more rust and playing a bit. He's slower to catch back on than we anticipated. How much has that hurt them? It hasn't helped, but I also think that the emergence of a guy like Jefferson is, you know, softened that blow a bit, if you will. Yeah, I think that's right. For Mason Smith, like this is, it feels eerily similar to the Keishon Boutte situation where it's, they were hurt throughout fall camp and clearly said they were not right coming into the year. In fact, so much so that Mason Smith wasn't going to play the Florida State game even if he was healthy or even if he was cleared, like um, cleared by the NCAA, but that is. So it's like these players, Mason Smith to this point has been cleared for what, three weeks at 100%, let's say. And I don't even think he was 100% for the Grambling game. Like, I don't know how long he's been 100%, but it's been a very limited time. And that, that much weight, that much body, moving at not 100% is not going to yield positive results here. So um, yeah, kind of going back to the last question is there is a good chance. I think he comes back for another year rehab, get back to hundred percent and kind of go from there. Maybe he hits hundred percent. I don't know. Going into like the army game or something like that. Uh, that's also a possibility, but at this point, it's just like if you watched him as a freshman, if you watched him in workouts, if you watched him out of high school, like this is the Mason, this is not the Mason Smith that we saw in those years. And it's very clear. It looks like a guy that was hurt three week three weeks ago because it was a guy that was hurt three weeks ago. And it's a guy we saw in fall camp go down twice, twice while he was trying to come back and then didn't participate with the team for the rest of fall camp. He was doing individual drills. So it's like this all makes sense. Now again. It's frustrating for fans. I understand that. But um, I'm not calling him a bust because he's hurt. Like, 
that's just sports. That's sports. And we see Keishon Boutte right now for the Patriots. Boom. He's back to 100%, right? He's playing on NFL roster. Uh, and I know Holy Bulls being Holy Bull, he's just shooting it straight. I do think they have more good players on defense than just Wingo and Perk. They've got yeah. a number of guys that are very good players, but there are some deficiencies. Um, Bourbon and Cheerios, longtime listener, first-time caller, love the show. Thanks for taking any of my questions. And, of course, I'll did have you wanna, three Did you want to go back to Welcome Death Valley first? Yes. Sorry. Good call. Um, he asked uh, the same thing similar. Is it scheme or is it players not executing? This looked like the second half against FSU on Saturday, but a much less talented opponent. Where are the answers? And I think that you summed it up well in the beginning. If you're not having more from the pass rush, then you're more susceptible to getting burned in the passing game. And that you're passing woes defensively in, in the defensive backfield are your biggest issue right now. So it's a marriage of everything, obviously, when you've got 11 guys out there, but I think Matthew was right. It's the more you can get, and I think they have a very talented front seven. The yeah. more those guys can get pressure and you dial up pressure, the less that you're going to put a burden onto the shoulders of what's considered to be your weakest link back there. Yeah. And uh, just, I, I think they're going to continue to try to blitz here and there. Like they're going to mix things up. This is going to be, this is a much different situation than they were in last year where again, Gardner and JBC or Jark Bernard Converse, they weren't perfect. They weren't NFL corners. They weren't five like these five-star guys coming in, Derek Stingley's shutting everything down. But they played their role in a very, very effective way. Jay Ward played played his role in an effective way. You lose those guys, and I said it throughout the offseason. We kind of took it for granted what those guys did from the transfer portal. You can't just hope that you get that every year. And they have not gotten that this year. So we'll see. I still think Denver Harris is a fine corner. Uh, Zy Alexander has, I think we have a question about him coming up. So we'll, I'll talk about that a little bit. But um, yeah, that's kind of my, my thoughts on it. Uh, Bourbon Cheerio said, uh, one word to describe our third down defense. Is it, is it, it, it is what it is at this point? Question mark. <laughs> I don't know. One word. Is, um, it, is it, is what it is at this point? I will, my one word will be, it's two words conversion goal. And I often like to look at stats and I think they tell the tale more often than people want to say that they do or admit. And a year ago, the third down defense was not great. It was on the back half of the sec. They allowed a 39% conversion ratio. That was nine out of 14 teams uh, this year. Uh, currently uh, they are allowing a 44% conversion rate, which would be 12th out of the 14 teams, Kentucky and Vanderbilt being the only ones worse. You'd want improvement, so you'd want to be better than 39% like you were a year ago. Well, if you get better than 39% right now, that would trend you to the middle of the conference. That, for me, would be the, probably the ceiling we're looking at. So I don't know how to, I'm not telling you how to fix it. I would just say my goal, my word would be conversion rate, or in its two words, but I'd like to see that improve over the next month to where it was under 39%, which would mean you're getting better than you were as a whole a year ago. Yeah. Uh, my word would be disappointing because if we heard Madhouse talk about it so much and we, we hoped with the experience at linebacker, the experience on the defensive line that they would be able to get some stops. They haven't yet. Um, is it is what it is at this point. I think they can. I think they can do better. 
I think they can do better than eight of 13 against Arkansas. Like, I think they can get people down to, like you said, 40%. Now it's kind of times running out and they haven't, but they haven't played, you know, uh, army and Georgia state yet. They didn't have those two games as tune up games to where they're holding those two teams to like three of 14 on third downs and inflating the stats. They've, like I said, they've had one of the tougher schedules through four games of anybody in the country. So, I, I personally take that into account, even though I know it's LSU and we want to, you know, win every game comfortably and whatnot. There are flaws. And when, like I said, when going into a Forest State game, the thing I love about playing good teams early is you get to see your flaws and we're not misled by some sort of facade of it being, wow, LSU's second in the country in third down defense because they've played Army, Georgia State, Grambling, you know, and fill in the blank. Like, this is what we expected. Correct. And we said, yeah, we said this all offseason that the secondary was a concern. So yep. if they're getting burned on third and long, it's not a shock. Um, he did have a couple more here. Where did you earn your first attention for in school? I talked nonstop in classes in elementary <laughs> school, and my mom was the principal of the school. So when I would get sent out into the hallways and have to sit there and miss class, my mom would always be roaming the halls as the principal. So then I'm double busted. Like, my parents find out that I'm kicked out of class and my I've been kicked out of class. So that was that probably repeated all the way until I got to middle school. Yeah, I, I talked a lot as well in elementary school up until second grade. I was not a, a good student, I don't think. But then I parents straightened me out real quick and um, I was good. And then I got one detention in middle school. It's because long story short, the teacher, you know, you have those cool teachers you're, you're cool with and then you keep joking with them and then they're like, all right, you need to chill. And then I didn't chill. And then so he's like, all right, no chill. And Matthew went to detention. I was, I was like, I thought we were cool. And then it's like, no, you, okay. We're not that cool. Okay. There you go. That happens to Billy all the time on the board. I feel like <laughs> good banter that turns sideways on him. Um, okay. And last one, he said, what brand of binoculars is Bruni rocking for the press box? No free ad reads. What are you rocking Bruni? Bushnell. Bushnell's a pretty popular brand. There you go. They're not a sponsor, but they work. They're not a sponsor. Um, Hunter Fournette, can we get Bourbon and Shakira special title for being the goat of mailback questions? We, we, he's the only one we allowed to ask like 14 podcasts, so he's probably already got the title. Uh, do you think they hate LaTerrence Welsh? That's strong words. No. Matthew, I go back to this when we talk about position. Got guys not playing and people wondering why. The coaches who watch every practice see it all. And there's something that leads them to believe that the right guys are playing. And I think you said it best. I've repeated it many times since then. You said in the offseason, they're going to find their two best corners and they're just going to stick with them. That's Denver Harrison's I Alexander. Yes. Yeah. Um, and you know me. I love Terrence Welsh. I gave up on the prospect of him being a starter on this team in the fall camp when we never saw him push for a starting job in fall camp we didn't even see them you know it was like ashton stamps passed him up in in fall camp so i i never really thought of it people are bringing it up now i don't know why they're bringing up welsh and not stamps i would presume that you would look at stamps playing instead of welsh um i you know i love Terrence welsh uh but i just don't think it's it's in the cards this year next year it would be very very nice if, if next year he was the starting corner um but we'll have to see and to your point of coaches get to see every practice yeah 
And sometimes they're not perfect. Obviously, we've talked about it many times. Sure, they'll play the wrong player. Or they'll not play a player that maybe they should be playing. But usually they sprinkle them in. Usually there's a sign in fall camp or somewhere that they could be playing Deshaun Womack or Whit Weeks or you know these guys. Ashton Stamps. Well, Terrence Walsh never really got those looks to me. So I, I don't really see that being in the in the cards this year. I'm with you. I'm with you. I, Mr. Virgo asks, is there any way the defense can improve? I think we've talked about it. Yes, pass rush. And obviously just getting better in the secondary. And if they're going to be playing a lot of zone, communication. Guys cannot just be running free. Yeah. Luke Haas, true freshman tight end for Arkansas, running free all over the place multiple times for touchdowns. So um, communication breakdowns, I think that's something Brian Kelly will harp on this week. Lando 25, uh, Matty B, I'll give you this one. Um, I believe the best start, he says, here's how he wants the starting D to look, uh, you know, in the, in the front seven. Jefferson and Wingo in the middle. Womack and Swinson switching out on the edge, opposite of Perkins, who gets in there for the obvious pass rush stuff. And then Penn and Weeks at linebacker. And he would be benching Savion Jones, he says, but he says he does like Jones on the edge in obvious run situations. Um, yeah, it's probably a viable option. I don't know, you know, Womack and Swinson basically rotating in the Jack linebacker spot. He's I, also I, benching Mason Smith here. And Ovia Gofu. So, yeah, he's benching a lot of, of players I, that potentially have talent. Yeah, I think one thing that is clear is, and he mentions it, like he said, and Jones, Savion Jones has gotten a bigger, and he really put a lot of emphasis into being able to set the edge and, and know how to stop runs. You've got a group of guys who he's mixing in there, certainly that are not your D tackles, that are either very good pass rushers and get the backfield or very good run stoppers. And like the Ogofu would be in the run stopper, Swinson's your pass rusher, you know, and so I think that we're just going to have to con continue to see a rotation. I agree. Um, I, I don't have too much more to add. I think he laid it out well. I think he laid it out fairly well. I, You know me. I've been a big Jordan Jefferson uh, fan since he committed from um, West Virginia. Watch his West Virginia tape. It's tremendous. So, yeah, Jefferson being good is not a surprise. Wingo being good is not a surprise. Womack, we've said the whole time it's the Harold Perkins situation where they're going to have to just figure out how to get him on the field and that will take a few games and guess what it took a few games now he has five snaps next week it could be 10 snaps you just kind of keep going from there um do you he said what do we think of denver harris against arkansas he gave up a touchdown he was there i don't i can't i can't shower any of the dbs with any praise for our arkansas game yeah i can't either. but i think denver's fine he's going to keep starting he's their best corner they have uh, do you agree that Andre with him that Andre Sam's the best DB on the team minus Greg Brooks? I Jeez. don't. <laughs> I don't. I don't even want to think about that. But I, I do think Greg Brooks was the best defense back on this team. Of course. I want to make uh, sure but that. beyond Greg, he says is Andre Sam their best DB now? I'm probably still gonna go Denver Harris. Yes, I might go Zai too. Hmm. Either way. He gave up a busted coverage, but he has had some plays. Um, yeah. Look, Sam's a seventh-year guy. He's smart. He'll know where to be, but he's also been a victim like Burns of taking some bad angles, missing some tackles. 
Yeah. There's a lot to clean up. We're all of those guys need to be playing better. So I think you can make a case for a number of them to say that they might be the best. The reality is all of them probably have to step it up a bit. Um, and then he just said, even though the defense gave up a lot of points, I love the edge and attitude they played with and KJ played out of his mind. And that all is true. I thought that LSU did have some, you know, edge to him once again. And KJ Jefferson's a great quarterback and he played very well. Give him kudos. Yep. Uh, great swish. Does LSU have the best offense in the sec? I think the answer after watching Ole Miss put up 10 on Bama is yes. And Spencer Rattler's played very well at South Carolina, but just doesn't have a lot of help around him. They don't have the talent LSU does. Yeah. So yes. I, yeah, I hadn't thought about this. Um, Yes, I think the answer is comfortably yes right now, right? Um, they do lead the SEC in all basic passing and total offense stats. So Yeah, yeah, I, I don't even know who's second. Ole Miss is probably second, right? Ole Miss. I guess he um, means the old SEC. I don't know if he tossed Georgia in there, but. Georgia, Ole Miss, probably, I guess, Alabama somewhere in the mix. Um, yeah. South Carolina's, like I said, South played Carolina. all right. Yeah. Um, go 63. Any indication that we're going to start seeing more of Deshaun Womack? He had a nice sack against Arkansas, boosted the pass rush, could really help out the secondary. In passing downs, I sure hope so. I mean, he got yeah. five snaps and he had a pressure on all five of them, but they're going to bring him along slowly because he's not going to be someone who's going to be in there as a three down guy stopping the run for you. Um, that's my take. I, I agree. I don't have anything else to add. We've talked about it. Uh, five for five. What do you think the issues with Mason Smith? Seems like something's off. Matty B, you just feel like it's it's injury. He's coming back. It's like the case on Butte a year ago. Exactly. I don't think there's too much more to add to it. And it he might not be the Mason Smith we want this year. Um, there's a chance he gets back to it, but I don't know if, you know what that chance is. We'll see how it goes. It's not easy coming off an injury when you weigh 300 and whatever he weighs. And he is a, an awesome talent. So I've... Definitely, I'm not giving up on him. Um, we'll see just how he gets more comfortable as the year goes on. Um, Santana, what's the word on Marlon Martinez and Mason Lunsford? These are a pair of offensive linemen. I'm just wondering who's the first after Lance Hurd off the bench. It would be Marlon Martinez, and I don't think Mason Lunsford really factors in right now. Yeah, I don't I don't really think about those two at all. I think about the starters, and I think about Zalens Hurd. Those are your six. Those are Even if somebody goes down – they're going to shuffle it around to where Zalance Hurd comes in, Emory Jones slides in over like that. That's how they're going to move things around. Um, Martinez and Lunsford are the least of, and obviously, you know, it's another point I made similar to the corners. It's like, everybody wants to know about cornerback depth and offensive line depth. It's like you start your five players. You maybe you have a sixth in there and Zalance Hurd didn't even play last week. So it's like, you have your five. If those five are healthy, those are the five you're playing. Depth yeah. is such an, it's not overrated because obviously injuries happen, but like if you got your five, you got your five. Yes, they do. And I think the only curious part would be if Charles Turner was injured, would it be Marlon Martinez at center? Would they play um, a true freshman in DJ Chester? So that'd be yeah. interesting. Uh, Mighty Jethro uh, is the only way to win games this year. Try to is to try to boat race teams. Can and should we speed up the offense? I think they did speed up the offense in the Arkansas game. I think, going tempo really helped them. Um, and they started to kind of push that a good bit more in the second half. I don't think that LSU wants to rely on their defense right now to win them games. And I think their offense is built 
to this year to be able to put up points and score and score quickly, which they did against Arkansas. So is it the only way to win the game? Maybe not. It is the probably preferred way to win the game is just try to score as much as you want and make some stops on D. I, yeah, I think a, a good question is, I, will LSU win a game this year where they score less than 30 points? And I don't know the answer to that. It's like, yeah, they could get in like a tight game with like Missouri or something where it's like 24 or 17. But I just think they're probably going to score 30 plus in, in every game pretty much. So I, I think that's the that's how they're going to do it. And I think they play at a good pace. I like their pace on offense right now. Here, um, <clears throat> I'll let you take this first one. Why is LSU uh, from LC8? And he said that he was Ball State back in the day. Baller State on NCAA 14 won a lot of ships. Uh, why is LSU forfeited punt returns, Matty B? We're sticking by our answer here. What do you think? I, they just want to get the ball to the best offense in the SEC, Shay. That's all they want to do. Just want to get the ball to Jay and Daniels and this awesome offense. That is uh, what I presume to be the correct answer as well. Then he asked about Damian Ramos, who's been perfect this year on extra points and field goals. Can he become LSU's all-time leading scorer at his current pace? I do not know. What I have no idea. It should have. You should have. LCA, you should have given us the top like list of scores all time, and then showed us where Damian Ramos is. You get, should have given us this kind of context in your questions, so that way Let we could have answered it more quickly here instead now shay is on google okay i'll give you at least this um, trying to find it <laughs> i'll give you at least this uh david brown dyke made 61 field goals colt david and kate york york made 54 john corbello whose son aiden's on the team now made 50 uh josh jasper memphis native um fellow memphis native like me uh, 47, um, and then Drew Alamon, 37, Kobe Delahousse, 35. So he's a ways away from those guys. So that so is what a, is he at? Like 12, 15? How many, how many is he at? Like for a career? He went 10 of 14 last year. Okay. And so he's five, he's made and he's five, five of five this year. This year. He's made 15. It might be in trouble. So, and the leader has 61. Am I being trolled right now? What is happening? Maybe so. LC. We, okay. we may be getting trolled. All right. Well, we just spent two minutes on that question. Thank you, LCA. All right. Moving on. Mike the Tiger 10. Teams continue to scheme Perkins in the slot for coverage. Kiffin will do the same. Do you think they'll work Perkins back into the linebacker group with down and distance roll on the outside? And he thinks they'll see more of Womack on passing downs. He looked good. Uh, your thoughts there on if they're going to do any more toying around with Perkins? No, it's a fascinating question because that's something I'm actually want I want to look at a little bit more going into this week. But uh, with them being in that four three, they basically negated the nickel spot and kind of just put Perkins out there. So I'm I'm going to look at that a little bit more closely. But uh, I don't think with Greg Brooks out, I really don't think they want to play like Ryan Robinson. I don't think they they don't seem to trust Sage Ryan that much. Uh, I think they're in the 4-3 for better or worse and going to kind of try to figure it out from there. So you've uh, – Mike the Tiger, you'll have a Matty B uh, film breakdown coming your way. Uh, Seawalk, 54. Whit Weeks has to have earned the right to be a starter at this point. And then he said the 40 jersey is magical for those linebackers. Yes, I agree. We both say that, that he, we think he should be starting as a true freshman. Uh, and then he asked why did Josh Williams only get one carry, especially when it went for a big gain. Uh, he's correct. He had one for 41. Um, they got past happy Matty B in that one. And 
there were times even early when they were down 13-3 when it was like, just run the football. Like Logan Diggs had popped off some runs. Josh Williams popped off a big run. Um, but like I said, Logan got 14 carries. When Jaden hits double-digit carries, the rest shrink and threw it 30 times. And Caleb Jackson gets two carries. Emory gets two. We're going to just keep going back to this theme. If y'all want Logan Diggs getting double-digit carries, then the other guys are going to get two to six carries a game. Yeah, I agree. And that's just how it is. All right. We're going to have to speed this up here. Let's get it rolling. Uh, Coach K7, uh, he asked about Mason Smith. We've already talked about that. And then he asked about uh, Quincy Wiggins. Do we see him as a transfer portal guy? Um, he's a redshirt soft uh, freshman. I mean, it's just so easy to – way too early to say anything about that. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. I mean, maybe we get to see him sprinkled into some games in uh, the coming months or weeks, but I do know that he was a late bloomer in high school. He was going to be a developmental guy. You were banking on upside, and he is playing the most crowded position on LSU's team right now, so defensive end. Um, I wouldn't write him off yet. Uh, TR3RO, with the way the defense looked past few games, do you think it's scheme um, or players? We talked about that already. Uh, secondary is forced into uncomfortable zone instead of man. Defensive line is too gapping instead of just rushing. I think these are all things that Matt House is going to have to dive deeper into, especially as they play different teams like an Ole Miss, who you know um, will run the ball with their quarterback. They'll run the ball with the running back, but they will absolutely open it up and throw it. So this week will tell us a lot more about adjustments being made, in uh, my opinion. Uh, Mango Mountain, uh, Matty B, take this. Zy Alexander, how do you think he's played uh, – so far compared to expectations, same for Deuce Chestnut. Deuce Chestnut doesn't even play anymore. So, Yeah, I mean, Deuce would have gave up a touchdown if it wasn't called back for the holding. He did that. give up a touchdown. They got called back on the holding. So, yeah. yes. Um, but his snaps have gone from starting at Florida State to nothing since. Yeah. I, I Yeah. Zai, to this, um, compared to expectations, maybe slightly worse than expectations, but I mean, I didn't have high expectations coming into the year from Alexander. I thought, I didn't even think he was going to be the starter. I think when over the summer, when I thought it was going to be Denver Harris and like Deuce or JK or, you know, LaTerrence, one of them. And Zion ended up winning the job. Congratulations to him. Uh, but it's kind of evident he's limited. Like I said, he's limited in a few ways um, physically. And I think just not quite, elite which is fine because i wasn't expecting to be elite um we're starting to hit some of the uh, matchup same questions so we're going to be able to roll right through this um go tigers eight asked uh in the running game i felt like the running game stalled when emory was forced into the game any thoughts on why i got carries over williams and jackson he got two carries so it's it, and they're going to rotate the guys in emory has sparked plays before yeah if he doesn't get any sparks they're not going to play him anymore um and that's just the reality of it. I uh, got the same number of carries as Jackson and one more than Williams. Uh, Cleve B33, uh, do you think Madhouse and BK realize that off coverage zone isn't working? I would be floored if they don't sit through film study and see where their deficiencies are. So like we've both said, Ole Miss will be a very good test to see what type of adjustments they want to make. Uh, Gochella, um, Maddie Bielich, you take the first one. Does Jordan Jefferson see more snaps over Mason Smith? Mm, yes i think at some point yeah i think i i just i want to ease like he says i want to ease mason smith back into it uh i just think jordan jefferson is much better against the run but there a lot of their problems are 
get into the pass rusher right now with with four, which I think Mason Smith has the potential to do. So it's an interesting balancing act. I uh, said, what happened with Aaron Anderson on punt returns? All the offseason hype and the coach saying he would be the guy and he's had two tries. Um, I don't get it either, but we're beyond it now. It's water under the bridge. They very clearly are going with Greg Clayton. And for the reason that Matty B said earlier, they just want them to catch the ball, give it back to the offense. Uh, yeah. It doesn't mean you have to agree with this strategy. It just means that's what they are going to do every single time. They did it last year and they're doing it this year. Yeah. Um, and then he talked about zone not working. Why not just play man if you're giving up explosive plays anyways? Like I said, I want to see them make some if they make adjustments there this week because they are multiple back there. Do they lean more on man? Uh, T. Castine, looking at the defense next year, what will LSU be returning on all three levels? Oh, he did say my last name is pronounced Case Castang. Castang. Oh, Castine. Oh, Castang instead of Castine. Castang. Um, I don't know. I'd have to almost do a story on that. I couldn't even begin to think about what they're returning at yeah. all levels. I'd have to look at everybody's eligibility, which gets very confusing with the portal and yeah, all of that. So um, that would be more of a story that we could come back and do for you. But I do appreciate, since you ask every week a question, I've gotten your name wrong every time, uh, K-Stang <laughs> or Kastang. Kastang, I think. Uh, LWT, did the loss of – was the lo- do you think the loss of Greg Brooks was shown on Saturday? Absolutely. He's the best player in your defensive backfield, and he didn't play. So 1 million yes. percent. Uh, Tiger King 53, uh, you guys taking the over for the Ole Miss game this weekend at 63. Feels like it could be a shootout. Matty B, early quick take, thought. Um, I saw it was what, LSU minus three, over under 63. Everybody's saying how they're going to hammer the over in this game. To me, that just means I'm going to stay away from the over in this game. There we go. Fade the over, let's get in on the under. Shoeless <laughs> Joe, did anyone ask BK at the end about time management? Had they just run the ball in third, they could have kicked the field goals. Time ran out. Um, the people can slice this every way they want. The reality is that they were working it down to the end. They threw a no-risk pass out of bounds, basically, that if Malik wasn't wide open, then chunk it into the stands. Yeah. Uh, my only thing that Matthew and I sat there and wondered was, would they kick on third down in case it was a bad snap? They could fall on it, call a timeout, kick again. I know people said, well, they left time left. Okay, I mean, it was five seconds or whatever you know they didn't leave a minute yeah i mean ideally i guess you just run the ball get down to three seconds and call your timeout instead they called the timeout early uh i guess after third down so it it, it was complicated i feel like it was overly complicated like it didn't need to be that complicated but at the end of the day you kick a field goal with five seconds left on the clock i mean that's a game-winning field goal yeah, Phelps said it was very less miles clock management. No, that less miles clock management is when you could have taken a field goal, but you throw it to the end zone with one second left, and Demetrius Bird just happens to pull off a, a miracle grab for you, and you beat Auburn. That's bad clock management. Um, Jay Reyes, 1650, we'll go quick here. I uh, he just said that he didn't think the offense ran the ball enough with the running backs against Arkansas. I agree with him. I thought that early on they could have leaned more on the run game than they did. Uh, but all is well that ends well, I guess. I think they will start to run the ball more as the time goes on. And then he said, Matty B, the defensive line just kind of got dominated in the run game. We've seen this happen before. He didn't ask for a fix. Maybe just a quick thought from you on. Yeah. And he said State, Arkansas, they played very well against the run. Yeah. And he said Arkansas averaged six and a half yards per rush. They definitely did not. It was 3.7. And then if you take away the sacks, it was five. So that's he might have been looking at LSU, LSU average six point. LSU average six and a half yards per rush. Yeah. So um, I, I dominated is a really strong word. I'm not saying they got dominated. I don't think it was a great performance against the run, but it definitely was not a dominating performance. That 
goes back to what I said about the defensive line in general. Has to be the has to be elite. Has to be elite for this defense to reach where it need, where it wants to go. Let's go, um, uh, Sex Haver uh, or Haver, whoever knows uh, with these guys and their names. I'm going to go Haver. Um, he says same question as before, but he wants to add: Is it scheme talent or inexperience? And he says maybe a mix of it all. Inexperience together, maybe, but Andre Sam's in year seven. Major Burns is in like year four or five. Um, Greg Brooks was a vet. Sage Ryan's in his third year. Zay Alexander's in his third or fourth. Or Zyler, I mean, yeah. it can't be inexperience. It's not Denver Harris is the least inexperienced guy. He played half a season last year. He was a midseason All-American. So I'm, I can't put it on inexperience. It's, it's got to be between scheme and talent. Um, and then he asked a recruiting question that I'm going to save for the uh, Billy's podcast when we knock out some stuff on thoughts on recruiting. Um, LCA asked on third. No, he didn't, ask, left, correct. he didn't ask anything. He replied. Uh, that's why they threw the ball in the end zone to waste a few seconds. Uh, did they have a timeout left? No, not after third down. Okay. Well, so. they called their last timeout after third down. Then they, or no, they called it after second, then on third down through the fade, and then fourth down kicked it. So there you go. So that's why they didn't kick it on th- or fall on it, kick it on third, fall on it, whatever. They yeah. just wasted time. And then Shulikdo uh, just replied. They argued more about the uh, time management. People are very upset about that. Uh, and here we go, last two. How can LSU defend the middle of the field and maintain pocket discipline against Dart and Ole Miss? The space between the D-line and secondary against Arkansas is massive. It was easy throws across the middle, plenty of room for Jefferson to run. Matty B, you'll do some film breakdown this weekend. I will say this, that Jackson Dart can run the football, and he's also a big kid. So you're facing a kind of similar matchup this week. And just in my mind of the two quarterbacks who both will throw and run it and are big kids. That's a good point. I have to watch the film on Ole Miss. I mean, I've seen Ole Miss play, but it's a different feeling when you're watching the film. So good for Texas Tigers to – point that out. um and then wrapped up uh, c bobo 48 just said busted coverages yeah but <clears throat> excuse me sometimes our db's been in position and for opponents explosive plays do we just severely like ball skills as a db unit seems surprising with five-star denver harris and zaz background with interceptions at southeastern that's the fcs level you're i was not as i was not getting tested like this at the fcs level you watch no, this film, no, a lot of zone stuff going, no the and look, Florida State Deuce Chestnut got burnt for a couple of TDs, not playing anymore. Denver Harris is now. Denver Harris was there in coverage. Look, Major Burns was in good coverage uh, on one of the TDs that he had given up. Maybe it was state, maybe it wasn't. Maybe Deion it was Coleman state. dunk on him. Yeah. Um, but Brian Kelly talked about it becomes awareness. Get not only getting your head around, but getting your hand in there, stripping the ball out, technique, technique, technique. I think every – we didn't even have to do freshman today. Everything was about the DBs. Fitting, Matty B, it's what we said this offseason. The defensive backfield was going to be your concern. And if one of the Greg Brooks or Major Burns went down, it's a bigger concern. Greg Brooks is the more talented one. He went down. It, it's amplified the concerns. So none of this should be surprising. The staff knew it. Now you just see have to see how you can get by. You know, my favorite part of all this is that – LSU is favored this weekend, and if LSU wins this weekend, they then have Missouri, Auburn, and Army as their next three games. There's a realistic path here to being 7-1 and one on the season and then go into a bye week, then playing Alabama. One game at a time. 
if you just listened to this mailbag podcast, man, we it is dire in Baton Rouge, but LSU is favored this weekend and could potentially be looking very, very good in the in a SEC West that is wide open, like we said. So positive vibes, positive vibes, Shay. All right, we got to go. We got Brian Kelly at 12. Kim Let's do it. After that. Um, thank you all for your questions. Subscribe, like, comment, all that stuff. We appreciate you all for joining us. Check out the um, recruiting podcast tomorrow. And then also, like Shay said, $1 for a month and 50% off for the entire year. So check out all of that if you're not already subscribed to the Bengal Tiger. Thank you all for joining us. We'll talk to you all later.